There are fewer than 30 men in the world qualified to drive Formula One. A mere half dozen, perhaps, to win. At this moment, I'm inclined to think you're not one of them. This is Desiree for F1Weekly.com. I'm your in-depth correspondent. Let's go. Welcome to F1Weekly.com. My name is Clark Rogers. I'm the host of the program. I'll be joined by Nasser Hamid, my co-host. This is podcast number 965, November 14, 2022, Nasser. Thank you, sir. I say Super Samba in Sao Paulo by the Silver Arrow. The Reds were clashing and rocking the Casbah. Pettiness to the max. And now back to Enrique Bernoulli of podcasting. You can't pass him. We shall explain gladly. Thank you, Nasser. On today's program, George gets his maiden Grand Prix win, and he's very happy. Checo is tied with Leclerc. And he's very mad. Max is not a super nice guy. Even his landscaper quit. And F1 Weekly attended the 32nd Good Guys Autumn get-together. And we'll have a full report because it was totally, totally, totally bitching. I'm, I'm talking coffin car here, guys. And I just want to remind everybody, there's a calendar to buy that supports F1 Weekly. And it's awesome. There's great pictures. So please, Motorsports Memories. And just a reminder, we need your contributions to keep this program on the air. Just click on the Support F1 Weekly tab. You know you want to. Nas, welcome to the studio. How are you? Sir, I am doing very, very good. Thank you for asking. Fantastic Motorsports over the weekend. And Mr. Rogers... We knew it was going to happen one day. A change is going to come. I have seen the future. It has a silver lining for the 2023 season. Fans are excited because we want competition. And Sunday, that was delivered. Not just Sunday. Saturday and Sunday, it was delivered in style. Boy George has become King George and his teammate is asking, Do you really want to hurt me? All the promise we saw in Sakhir not too long ago was shining bright and very fast at Interlagos. Toto has a new winner and he could go all the way if the right package is provided all season long. I love the rocket start he made and as much as I would like to see LCH win a race this season, I think even without his clash with Max, George had this race in his Gucci bag. What say you? It was exciting. Of course, the clash was inevitable. It was awesome. Folks, this is what we live for. It even got better towards the end of the race. I mean, now we have the villain. We have the good guy. And I'm telling you, there's no way that Mercedes can wear black next year. 
Max and Machismo both got penalties. Of course, different camps have different views on this. Before we get into the nitty-gritty details and do a quickie on Collie and also, of course, the Saturday race, let's have your synopsis on the events in Sao Paulo. CH was definitely the star of this show before anything even ever happened. This has been LCH Country. I'm telling you, they love him here. I found this whole cultural explosion of love. It was funny how it was punctuated by the Max. I'm not a really hip and wonderful, funny-feely kind of guy. It was bizarre. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? I think you're out there in your own Mondial. Gracias. Let's talk about Kali briefly. Please. When there is water on the track, something's fishy in Denmark which became the 24th nation to have a driver on pole position. K-Mag gets his Hulkenberg moment at the same place in similar conditions. The little team from Carolina pounced on pole position like a panther. They were unable to get a touchdown but scored an extra point and shrimp on the barbie with some Brazilian daiquiri. I'm not sure if it's being paid by MoneyGram or Gene Haas himself or uh, cut a check, but that's another story. Now we come to the sprint race, Mr. Rogers. What an intense sprint race. This really galvanized my whole weekend. The finest Formula One can deliver. The intensity of the first 10 laps was like the intensity of last 10 laps at the Indy 500. Tremendous excitement, heat, and pressure. And anybody who has watched in person or even on TV the last 10 laps of the Indy 500, the very best in motorsports, and I'm talking about especially the 1982 Indy 500. Mr. Rogers, while I was watching, Memories of Monza 1971, Dijon 1979, and Brazil 2021 were flashing in the background on my Toshiba telly. Absolutely made my weekend. George has once again proven he is the real deal. But at the same time, Max also proved, even if you are better than the real thing, it will take a little more than Bono's word of encouragement on the team radio to beat the Dutch master. It was so awesome to see battles between Max and George, then between Max and LCH, and nobody went to the DNF chapel. Your take on these uh, first few laps, sir? Oh, very exciting, intense, gnarly, and I thought everything was bitching, even the entanglement of LCH, and it was expected. If it didn't happen, all of us would have been disappointed, and you got to admit it. So on that note, it was par for the course. A lot of people don't like sprint races. I hope this race will have a positive effect on their negative thinking. And what can I say about my boy Lollipop Lance? He tried to be Schumacher of Hungary or Senna of Estoril. People who know motor racing know what I'm talking about. When it was all said and done after 24 laps, King George has done what JB did at McLaren, win a race before Sir win a lot. Thanks to Carlos Sainz's grid penalty, it was an all Mercedes front row for Sunday. Who would have thought? It must be said that Max started on mediums in the sprint race. 
while other people on the podium were on soft tires. But you know what they say, you take the wins as they come, and they don't come easy. Now we come to the main show. You know, this race is now called the Sao Paulo Grand Prix, but everybody keeps referring it to the Brazilian Grand Prix. I'm not sure what happened there with the name, but you know, a few months ago, they were trying to uh, take the race to Rio de Janeiro, and there may have been some contractual issues, so now they call it the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. But you know what they say about Rose, you can call it any name, it will still smell the same. So we like the smell of Sao Paulo Grand Prix at Interlagos, whatever it is called. The main show, the race was start number 162 for man of the season, the Mighty Max. Saturday's hero was zero on the opening lap. K-Mag knocked out by Danny Rick. Second time the Danish driver has been taken out on the opening lap in Sao Paulo. Safety car came in at the end of lap 6. Two Mercedes leading with two Red Bulls, King George leading the field. Now, at the start, Mr. Rogers, were you expecting some argy-bargy or Max doing to both the Mercedes drivers what he did to Charles Leclerc at, on the first corner at Suzuka? Of course I was expecting that. You know, the whole thing. Well, everybody was in a hurry. The long-awaited tango was played between Max and Lewis. Soon after Lando and Leclerc tangled, I was very, very surprised Leclerc was back on track. I thought Lando was doing him a favor, taking him out of his marinera misery. Lot of chatter on the web about the Hamilton, Max, Argybargi, and Max adding points. What's your take on that, amigo? The only thing I don't like is Lewis, some of his comments. If you can just keep those comments off the radio, uh, like, hey, that definitely wasn't a race incident, dude. Or, hey, I'm a target, man. I'm a target, dude. You want a toe? I can get you a toe. Believe me. There are ways, dude. You don't want to know about it. Believe me. Yeah, but Walter. Hell, I can get you a toe by 3 o'clock this afternoon with nail polish. Boy, you're um, exercising your French here today quite a bit. Gracias, muchacho. Yes, uh, lap 8, Max in for front wing change. This man is always a threat, regardless of his position on the track. A late race, full course caution will make him the charging Red Bull he is, in serious heat and pursuit. Lap 20, let's go long, was the call from race leader Russell to the team. Perez second and LCH climbed back to third. Max in 13 and also given a 5 second penalty for his RG Bargy with LCH. This, you know, thing between Lewis and Max, I think, has now become personal. And I think this will happen more and more as long as both cars are, if they can get within DRS range of each other, this is going to happen. I expect a lot of this next season because I'm hoping that Zero Sideport Concept is finally delivering some good results. So we'll, we'll see. Lap 24, Perez in, which makes a Mercedes 1-2. LCH about 9 seconds behind Whippersnapper. Next lap, George in and LCH became the race leader. Lap 30, LCH in comes out in 4th behind Sainz in 3rd, Perez in 2nd and teammate George in the lead. This was getting very exciting to keep the winning record and the flame alive. And you know, during the race there was talk of dark clouds and this and that. And I really thought there would be some sort of late race 
And I don't know why, but I was convinced that there would be some sort of a late in the race caution. You know, I could not figure out what will happen here. I mean, this is not a street circuit where somebody will run into the ball, but I expected something will happen. Lap 37 signs in LCH back in top three and pumping fast times. Teammate looking very comfortable at the top, 10 seconds between the silver arrows. Lap 45, LCH passes Paris to take second, delighting the crowd for the new honorary citizen. They were really loving Senna, uh, not Senna, LCH doing very well and passing people. But you did it. That was the Freudian slip that LCH wanted, Nasser. You have fulfilled his deepest desires. Yes, well, you know, it's Brazil and Senna, you know, how everybody has a lot of respect for him as a racing talent, just as they do for a lot of drivers who are top-level performers. And we'll talk about that more on this a little bit later. The only question at this time was, for me, will there be rain or will there be a Fernando is faster than you message for Whipper Snapper? And I just had a feeling that if that message goes out, just to keep the historic winning streak going, I just have a, had a feeling that George was going to do what René Arnoux and Carlos Reutemann have done, did not get the memo. But it's good that it did not happen that way. Lap 48, Paris in for new mediums. Lap 49, Lewis in and goes out on reds, and I thought this will do the trick for him. Lap 50, George in and also goes out on soft tires. But, you know, we've seen many times in racing, somebody is leading or second and they change tires and somehow the new set of tires does not work out. So this was game on. 21 laps to go. Lap 52, and this was a 71 lap race. Lap 52, Lando Stahl, virtual safety car came up. It was BSC, virtual safety car. Signs in, comes out in fourth behind Perez and the two silver arrows. Then came the safety car. Hammer Time or Russell Rumba. That was one of the tunes were going to be played. The final restart saw George on the go again and quickly denied DRS advantage to his teammate, which was very, very impressive. Toto was not in Brazil, so LCH did not have the wonder of wingman. Sir, uh, George, keeping Lois behind all race long, despite these pit stops and all that, I was very, very impressed, okay? And when I saw him do what he did to Botas in Bahrain some couple of years ago, it was very obvious that this is a race winner sooner or later. Uh, would you like to say anything about his performance? I do want to say something about George's performance, which was awesome. His performance, really, if you think about it, he should have been penalized because he had the advantage of youth. Just don't give that idea to FIA. We already have too many penalties for this and that. The last thing we need penalty for your age or whatever. <laughs> okay, sir. Now, last call on last lap. As we predicted last week and the week before, Max is not signing up for charity events at Salvation Army. Despite wrapping up the championship, late in the race, a call went out to the team from Numero Dos in his quest to get more points in his battle for second in the championship with Charles Leclerc. 
Paris got the Presley treatment. Return to sender? No such number. Welcome to the piranha pool, Senor Perez. Red Bull engineer Giampiero Lambiase asked Verstappen after the checkered flag, and he asked this question because Max was told a few times to give the position back. Max, what happened, he asked. The two-time world champion replied, and I quote, I told you already last time, you guys don't ask that again to me, okay? Are we clear about that? I gave my reasons and I stand by it, end quote. Upon crossing the line seventh behind Verstappen, Perez said on the radio, and I quote, it shows who he really is, end quote. Your take on this exchange, sir. Listen, if a little bird accidentally overheard a nice guy in Formula One, it would have been the end of everything. It was brutal. It was selfish. But... It was very Dutch. I'm telling you, I've been around Dutch people because I am a professional. So I know the culture. They're tough people out there and you don't want to mess with them because they'll kick your ass. So there you go. Uh, that's my tip of the week. Um, the problem is, though, now Max could never go to a Mexican restaurant anywhere in the world. <laughs> Yes. All I can do is remind everyone what Mark Weber said on the podium in Malaysia after the multi-21 situation. He was referring to Red Bull's golden goose of the moment, Sebastian Vettel, and said, and I quote, as usual, he will have support of the team, end quote. The current golden goose will probably lay more than four championship eggs, so I expect minimum action against Max. Now, what is interesting, the team said both have met, discussed behind closed doors, and they shook hands. Wow. To be honest with you, they actually met inside of an old abandoned train car behind Red Bull. But you know what? Max is their man, and they're not going to do anything to him. It's simple as that. But I got to tell you something. All the super uber greats of motor racing in the last 30 years... You know, in the 50s and 60s, they were, racing was so dangerous that people, drivers could not afford to be mean and do things that drivers do these days. But since the days of Senna and Schumacher and what we have seen now, these uber-talented drivers, they are just super ruthless. I mean, Max is finishing sixth, right? And if And he has already wrapped up the championship by big margin, both in terms of points, and he's scored more points in, in a season than anybody in this world and has won more, straight, more races than anyone ever. This was, I would say, I was not surprised because I said this guy last year, last week, this guy is not going to do anything for... Uh, but one thing he really needs to remember, like a friend of mine once said to me many years ago, nobody succeed without some help from somebody once or twice in their lifetime. And Perez has been very good to him as a teammate. And to not give him one position when you're not, when you don't need those few extra points, I mean, that was, uh, I would say, the very bottom of pettiness. I have never seen anything like this. You know, Rene Arnoux 
not uh, letting Prost pass despite repeated signals, despite arrangement before the race. While well, his defense was, it was my home Grand Prix, which it was, French Grand Prix at Paul Rica, 1982, I had the same contract as Prost, so he won this race. Carlos Reutemann did the same thing in the Brazilian Grand Prix, actually it was, uh, when it was in the, I think this race was in Rio, and it was raining, and they were giving him signal to let Alan Jones, his teammate, pass, and he did not. And when I met Carlos Reutemann in Buenos Aires, I asked him about the race, and if he, you know, at that time he said he didn't see that, then I asked him what happened there. He said he saw the sign, but he said if you give up your position, uh, you know, because of a pit port signal, then you are finished as a racing driver. And it goes back to the famous Senna saying, if there is a hole and you don't go for it, you're not a driver. So the, these people have taken this thing to absolute ruthlessness. But what can you do? Do you think uh, Red Bull is going to lay down the hammer for Max or, or yell out scream at him? It is a ruthless situation. And I can see where... Max would think, and Josh, of course, would think that him being nice would be a sign of weakness. But it's sort of a sad state of affairs. And, you know, to me, racing is life, like life. What goes around comes around. And that's why I don't like all these, like the penalty uh, Max scored. He was trying to pass. As they say, the driver making the pass has to make sure he can make the clean pass. But all these penalties they have right now, let them race, you know. If Max takes out Lewis in one race, sooner or later, Lewis will take him out or somebody. It, it evens out, as we have seen, you know. If you have a, a DNF because your engine blow up, somebody may have a 40-second pit stop. These things happen. So I'm not a big fan of all these uh, penalties, unless it's like a serious. You know, if you somebody hits you and your car spins, and you wait a whole lap for the other guy to come around, and then you crash your car into him, as done by AJ Foyt and Paul Tracy in San Jose, California. That's what I call a boneheaded move. Not these racing incidents and penalties all the time. And uh, But anyway, that's the way it is right now. But we're going to move on now to Charles Leclerc. The Monaco driver finishing fourth for Ferrari. He now enters the Abu Dhabi season finale. And we all know how exciting that race can be. He is equal on points with Perez in the Drivers' Championship, ahead on countback due to more wins. He also requested change of position with teammate, but no go. According to Charles, he thought he had a deal with the team. As they say in a song from Prince, How can you leave me alone in a world so cold? This is what it sounds like when doves cry. I had to quote Prince on this one. Mr. Rogers, as the Falcon of F1 Weekly, how do you come down on these cries for help? <laughs> it was pretty shocking. I mean, and they were repeated cries. I mean, we're talking tears and tears. I mean, you just wanted to reach out and say, Leclerc, just take it easy, buddy. Give him a hug. It's going to be okay. We're going to make it. We're going to make it after all. So, yeah, very tough. I mean, very emotional. It's been an emotional season, Nasser. I mean, with LCH coming out of his cocoon and Leclerc being so sensitive and loving. And, of course, we have, I don't want to say it, but, you know, tough guy, machismo man, Joss's son. You know, I said it before and I'll say it again. We all know Max and Red Bull are going to be strong. 
persuade her next season. No question about it. But if Mercedes becomes the second or the biggest threat to Red Bull and Max Dynasty, then I have a feeling that both Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc will end up their career at Ferrari, or at least their time with Ferrari, like Seb and uh, Machismo. Some wins here and there, but no championship. Because he must be getting really frustrated having the best car at the beginning of the season. I can't win a race now. So we'll see how it works out. And, and speaking of machismo, we now come to Senor Fernando Alonso. He was also given a penalty for his clash with his teammate Ocon. Machismo continues to rock the Casbah by saying after the race, One more race, then it's over, finally. So now we have a new chapter in his best-selling book, How to Win Friends and Influence Team Owners. I think he will be stepping on wrong toes if he makes any negative comments about his 2023 teammate next season. Because I have a feeling Canadian blood is thicker than Asturian aqua. What say you about your uh, machismo man performance and performance by his hands and by his tongue? Oh, awesome. I love this man for a reason because it's always balls to the wall. He's always opening a can. You know what I'm talking about. So it's very exciting. And machismo is going to go to Aston Martin and bring him up to the top five. I guarantee it. That's six tenths will bring Lance Stroll's papa the love and the excitement that he is desiring. Considering that he will be teammates with young whippersnapper, laughs and laughs. I mean, he's going to be spinning around this guy like a top at a Jewish festival. Oh boy, very nice. You know something, I have a feeling that he is going to make Lance Stroll looked very bad in terms of pace and racecraft. What say you? Well, for sure. I mean, we're talking about El Machismo de la Ternera. I mean, this guy, I mean, today he's completely out of control on the track. Tomorrow, it's going to get worse because he'll be in an Aston Martin. They'll have a little bit of bubbles and squeak in the morning, kidney pudding in the afternoon. I am telling you. This, you don't even want to be around this guy. It's going to be out of control. He's going to show what Aston Martin has been wanting to be shown. And that is called testicular fortitude. Yeah, but you know, uh, Lawrence Stroll has big ego too. And who can blame him for that? I don't think he's going to put up with much shenanigans from uh, Alonso. Especially because... His son is the other driver, and he wants his son to be world champion. Yeah, but the difference is going to be in Australia when Fernando puts it on pole and his loving, wonderful guy is out in Q1. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Can you imagine Fernando in a competitive car? Oh, mamma mia. It's going to be more riding, more Ron Dennis, more 2007 more LCH. I'm telling you, this book is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I think the publishing house would be <laughs> Limestone Publishers. And don't forget, George Lucas will be getting ready for this epic. Oh, yes. <laughs> I can hear the music already. Very exciting. You know, Nass, I'm thirsty. I know you're dying of thirst right now. Si, senor. 
see. So why don't we take a quick break and we'll be back after these brief messages. F1Weekly.com would like to thank our sponsor, San Jose Label Inc. San Jose Label is a custom manufacturer of labels that makes a variety of products. One to four color process labels, alphanumeric barcoding and UPC labels, blank labels, serialized asset tags, hazardous labels, bumper stickers, pin feed, static cling, hot stamp labels, and many others. Please go to www.sanjoselabel.com for info, samples requests, and graphic design. Or you can call to telephone 408-436-8221. San Jose Label is the one-stop shop for all your labeling needs. Welcome back to F1Weekly.com. Clark Rogers here, your host. And now, as we spin the globe and go around the world with Motorsports Mondial and the king, the sultan himself, Nasser Hamid. The Ferrari Challenge crumbled like a Nabisco cookie and the once mighty Mercedes, for most of the season, they performed like Pillsbury Doughboy, going nowhere real fast. Apart from Uber domination by Red Bull and Max, the other bright factors during the season, George Russell outscoring his teammate, Carlos Sainz Jr. becoming the first Spaniard since Machismo to win win a Grand Prix, and most impressive, at least for me, Nick DeFries grabbing the bull by the horn and putting on a seat-winning performance at Monza. The only negative of the season was thanks to Netflix, race tickets are now price of apartment rental, which is pretty sad. But there is room for hope. Sooner or later, the irrational exuberance will start to taper off and prices will come down to earth to a reasonable and affordable numbers for both the zestfully washed and unwashed masses. Now we go on to money matters. Soon departing from Terminal F1, Emirates Airlines, apparently the Dubai-based mega player in commercial aviation now, was unable to agree on dollars and cents with Liberty Media. Thanks to the popularity of Formula One on a global scale, another flight loaded with cash is soon arriving at the Chase International Airport carrying millions and millions of dollars on board a big old jetliner belonging to Qatar Airways, according to published reports. The little country in the Middle East is making billions and billions in exporting LNG. This year they are hosting the World Cup. Next year, F. Qatar F1 Grand Prix returns on the schedule. The Lucille circuit has been season opener in MotoGP for many years in the Arabian night. On the other side of the coin, the cryptocurrency mondial is having their own caca show. Mercedes has one such sponsor, FTX. They may soon become the next T-minus, which was headed by a prince from Lagos. So, do you remember Prince, uh, whatever his name was, from uh, Nigeria? Next is Boys from Brazil. Okay, sir, since the race was in Brazil, we have a feature called Boys from Brazil. 
Brazil and Finland have produced more championship-winning drivers, three each, than any other nation except the Kingdom of Charles. Brazil has also produced multiple race-winning drivers like Rubinho and Felipe Baby. Now, this is very interesting, Mr. Rogers. may not be for you. The total number of Grand Prix wins by all Brazilian drivers is 101. There is a racing driver out there who has more wins than all Brazilian drivers combined. Wonder who could that be? So today, sir, everybody knows about Senna, the PKs and the Fittipaldis. So today we will look at some Brazilian drivers apart from the champion and race winning legends. The first appearance of a Brazilian driver in Formula 1 is recorded in 1951 at Parco Monza when Chico Landi drove a Ferrari. Result shows he did not finish the race or even complete a lap, but he is mentioned in the results. The 1970 U.S. Grand Prix at Watkins Glen was won by Emerson Fittipaldi, and this was the first podium and victory by a Brazilian driver. Emo was also the first Brazilian to start an F1 race from pole position when he set the fastest time for the 1972 Monaco Grand Prix driving a Lotus. Carlos Pache used to drive for Bernie Ecclestone, and his death came in his hometown of Sao Paulo, uh, in a private plane crash and his one and only victory was also at Interlagos in 1975 and the track is now named after him. Another chap was Ingo Hoffman. He came from Sao Paulo and took part in a few races in 1976-77 and for many years he raced in the Brazilian stock car scene. It was quite a big name there. Then we come to Cristiano D'Amata. He was a big success here in IndyCar racing and then crossed the pond and was unable to swim with the F1 Sharks. He drove for Toyota and was never seen jumping with joy, screaming, oh, what a feeling. Remember him? Uh, we met him at the San Jose Grand Prix one year. I do remember. Nice young man. Yes, and he had a very near fatal accident in an IndyCar testing crash. Next we come to Mauricio Gujelmin. He was known as Big Mo. He was a good friend of Ayrton Senna when they raced in junior series in England. Mauricio, Mauricio took part in, 70, in over 70 Formula 1 races and his best finish was third in his home Grand Prix in 1989 and then he raced in IndyCars for many years. Next is another Brazilian chap we met at Laguna Seca, Mr. Ricardo Zonta. He is from the Brazilian city of Curitiba and family owns Condor supermarket chain, which I believe is the second largest supermarket chain there. He lived for many years in Europe and raced in Formula One and also uh, for quite a few years in sports car racing. Fans will always remember him for the two drivers who passed him on the right and the left at Spa. Next, we come to my cousin Felipe Nasser. He is a friend of F1 Weekly and we have stayed in touch to this day. And his claim to fame, he, he raced for Sauber for a couple of seasons and his claim to fame is of all the Brazilian drivers including Senna, Piquet, uh, Fertipaldi, he achieved the highest position on Grand Prix debut when he finished 7th in the Australian Grand Prix. Antonio Pisonia, he came from the Amazon province of uh, Brazil 
and his nickname was Jungle Boy when he was racing in British uh, Formula 3. He also made it to Formula 1. And finally, sir, we come to Chico Serra. He raced in Formula 1 in the early 80s, and I saw him in the 1982 Italian Grand Prix. And the thing I remember most about his uh, car was how bouncy it was on the Monza circuit. And after the race, a few weeks later, I got a copy of the Autosport magazine, and they remarked that his car was bouncing like an old Cadillac. So we had Caddyshack and Monza. That was interesting. Okay, sir. Now we finally come to Musical Mondial. The race was in Brazil, so is today's song. A beautiful song which I like very much, originally performed by a lady, young lady by the name of Evinha. Here is an instrumental version from the James Last Orchestra. And sir, we would like to dedicate this song to a member of F1 Weekly Familia in Sao Paulo, lovely Miss Haisa. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy. <laughs> 